This is a good do the whole episode of this voice. I think this one sounds good. Welcome to We Got the Beat with the Monsters, where we beat up humans and eat them alive. Natalie! How did she even do that? Natalie! <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> I love the first couple of times they just kind of look at her. <laughs> and they're like, what? Uh, this happened? Are you, did you, are you already recording? I am recording. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? I read a I read a thing that they like told her to do that at the last minute, or I didn't even tell her exactly what to do. Just told her to do something weird, and everyone was surprised. So their reactions are genuine. <laughs> like they're just like they're like, what is that? Like it's real. Like they had no idea she was gonna do that. What the fuck is Anna Ferris from anyway? She comes out in scary movie like what eight years before this. And she just blows it out of the park. Who the fuck is she? Where'd she come from? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where she got noticed. And then she did 8 million of those movies. And I don't know what she did before that. So she that's, just must well, scored I, like on an open audition or something. Because all of a sudden, out, and out of nowhere, she's just like, that's her. She's a new girl. Yeah, I don't... I mean, she is... What... Yeah, I can't remember what she did before that. I mean, one of her earlier roles that was not comedy, uh, I mean, I guess, is, uh, um, oh, you know that one with Scarlett Johansson and... Uh, oh, Lost in Translation? Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't remember what that's called. Like, Still have I mean, never seen it. I've heard it 90 times. <laughs> what? It like, played in the theater. She, She's funny in it, but it's not necessarily a funny movie. I mean, she was in one, two... She was in a movie in 1991, 1996, nine, two movies in 1999, and then Scary Movie in 2000. So, I mean, and I haven't heard of any of these other movies. Yeah, I remember Lover's Lane was Although, a blockbuster exclusive, to be fair, but I think that came out after Scary Movie. This looks like a direct-to-TV movie with Steven Weber and Catherine Helmond and Mary Paige Keller. That's interesting. So, TV movie? I don't know. So, that's a big difference. 91, 96, 99. Uh, so, she didn't really do that much. Oh my gosh, she looks like a baby in this Lover's Lane movie. I want to see I've the never movie. Heard of. I've never even heard of this movie. This one came out after a scary movie too, called Winter Break. It has Mila Ventimiglia, Eddie K. Thomas, and Anna Faris, and Maggie Lawson. So yeah, huh? Hmm. All right, let's get back to this topic though. <laughs> so, but I mean, I just, feel yeah. But I she feel bounced like around. Ch- Chick was a good moment for her too. That was a good one, but she bounced around a little bit. I remember after after all those yeah. kind of died down, and then she showed up in House Bunny as a lead. And I'm just like, well, how does this happen? Because I haven't seen her star in a movie in a few years. And it's from Adam Sandler. And she executive produced this. Wow, it sounds different when you take your hoodie off. It's not so muffled. Wow. Uh, <laughs> just... the, what I understand is the, the uh, basic idea of this movie was her idea. So I think maybe she took it to someone, sold, sold the idea or something to someone to to write it and for her to produce it uh but i don't i don't know how does stuff happen no clue i mean her her career is so like random and all over the place uh in my opinion a lot of movies that are just mm, so so a lot of 
movies that I think are, you know, consistently funny, even if they're not necessarily quote-unquote good. Yeah. And this was a hit, and I'm kind of surprised she didn't get more roles after this, but she did, what, Observe and Report, and then just animation. It seems like she did a lot of animation-oriented stuff, and now she's on a TV show, which I couldn't give a fuck about, and it's been on for like 10 years. Oh, you know, I watched, like, the first season, maybe, maybe even a little bit of the second season, I don't know, but... The thing that it bothered me for a couple reasons. One, it takes place in the Napa Valley. Okay. And, like, I mean, you know when something's set in your hometown? I mean, nothing's set in our hometown. But, you know, like, in the area where you live and you're just like, or you've been somewhere and you're like, oh, it looks nothing like that in real life. Like, there's nothing realistic about the show whatsoever as especially regarding, like, the setting and, and, like, what they could afford. Like, none of this makes any sense. It's just so – and also tons of really unlikable people. Uh, that's not her fault. That's it's, like the yeah, Chuck Lorre rule, though, is to have miserable characters. And I just – that's why I don't like yeah, his stuff. Yeah, I, I don't really I, – I think most of his characters are unlikable. Uh, I mean, I really like her. I like Allison Janney. I like a lot of, you know, the actors in the show. Whatever. That's besides the point. Uh, it didn't do it for me. So, glad somebody likes it. Yeah. Because um, I like her. Yeah, it's, uh, I kind of wish I had done the hot chick now. Uh, that didn't, that didn't come oh, out the way baby. I thought it was going to come out. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> um. I know what you meant. It's but, okay. Oh, that's how she probably got in with Adam Sandler. Duh, that's an Adam Sandler production. What is? Uh, isn't into the what the hot chick uh, Adam Sandler production? Oh, probably. That's I, how they I probably know. Not... I was trying to figure that one out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So this movie, I think, is kind of ground zero for seeing a whole bunch of new, like, younger actors. I was actually shocked yes. when I went through this. I remember. Well, I mean, the reason we chose this is because they couldn't find Saved, so we went to another Emma Stone movie. And I tried to find some early where she was still a teenager. And I don't want to watch Super Bad. I know people love that movie. That movie makes my skin crawl. Mm. There's some conversations that are kind of. I mean, gross. we could we could have like an episode about icky boy movies, but you know, yeah, I, I don't know. You might have to pay me to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, Emma Stone, the first time we had seen her was in that short-lived show with Nathan Fillion. Drive. Drive. Yeah, it was such yeah. a good show. Yeah. And then uh, um, then she did that movie. Um, uh, damn it. How do I fucking do this stuff? Where I just literally forget the Super name of the movie. Bad? Super bad. Jeez. Super it's bad? embarrassing. Yeah, uh, Kat it's Dennings, okay. You don't, you don't have to be so cussy about it. Cat uh, Dennings was in um, 40 Old Virgin, she, was right? She, yeah, was she on the, 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 I'm sorry, words hard. Um, she was on a sitcom with like, um, my God, what's wrong? No, we're not talking about two broke girls. We're talking like early on. No, like Bob Saget. She was on a sitcom with uh, Bob Saget called Raising Dad. Never heard of it. Wow. And it was her, 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 and Brie Larson were the were the kids. No kidding. And that was in ninety one, or sorry, two thousand one, two thousand two. I didn't see it. I didn't know her from that. I think that I, she was in this movie with 
Hilary Duff. Maybe I saw her in that. I think 40-Year-Old Virgin really was the first thing I saw her in. And then she, and then Charlie Bartlett, and then she just kind of like blew Oh, up my God, I can't there. wait to do Charlie Bartlett. I gotta oh, stop Charlie sa- Bartlett's brilliant. I have to stop uh, saying it like that. Uh, I thought of another good double feature later with, um, what are the two, uh, the Secret Life of, what is it, Dangerous Life of Alter Boys, and uh, um, if I ever do find Save, we can put those together. Um, Maybe. I thought I thought Rumor Willis was actually really good this time around. I didn't pay attention to her the last time because I just kept getting bothered by the fact that she looks like her dad. And I was like, no, it's just nepotism. And I was like, wait, she's actually fucking good. There's some stuff in here I truly mm-hmm. believe her. And I think we are, not we, you and I, but I mean people in general are really hard on her because uh, they think she just gets work because yeah. of nepotism. She's actually pretty talented. You know, I've seen some things uh, over over the time. You know, th- I think overall the casting in this is a little bit strange. I mean, there's a lot of like, oh, their parent, their dad is famous. This person's famous. Catherine McPhee, she never did anything, and she was on like, you know, American Idol. Like, is that why she's famous? This. I didn't know who the hell she was. I mean, I know she was yeah. in some show like called Bombshell or something, or she was a singer. Smash. Smash, she, but that was years after she was on American Idol. I don't remember what season it is, but she was the runner-up, I think, too. You remember the one the one season where there was a guy who wanted, he looked like an old man and it freaked everyone out? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And I think even, like, a Weird Al did a song. It's do, like, I do, I, do I creep you out? Do I creep you out? That was the year, and she lost to him. Anyway. And then there's, like, a cheetah girl in this movie. Is that who that girl is? Uh, the British you know, girl. Is that who that is? The British girl. Okay. Yeah, she was in the Cheetah Girls. Like, the lead singer of All-American Rejects. Yeah, that you is know, a weird lots, one. He's, I, lots I, I, of, he acts a lot, Lots apparently. of the mean girls are, you know, place, faces you've seen lots of places. Uh, so it's just, like, a super weird mix of fresh faces, uh people who are kind of known from other things and a, a little sprinkle just a dusting of adam sandler bros uh for a nice mix of uh goofiness um to me i think this movie is just filled to the brim with like hilarious one-liners that are so quotable and like she is so believable and every like earnest you know she's just she's dingy but she's like you know sincere yeah and it's so every moment of it i buy like all of it so good (laughs) she's so sweet too the whole thing about delivery is just so fantastic (laughs) hugh hefner is not an actor but it's kind of funny watching him get so depressed he's so depressed he's just eating all those pints of ice cream i want to be alone bring me more ice cream (laughs) yeah i loved it loved it um and you know some of like People that have been in other movies with Adam Sandler, like Christopher McDonald, who is, you know, he's usually a villain, a villain type of character. He didn't have a huge role in this movie, but he was totally not not what you would expect expect him to be. Beverly D'Angelo was, and of course, the gaggle of mean girls um, were were the villains in this. Um, well, I didn't know and... Eric Christian Olsen was married to the main villain, Sarah Wright. Well, Sarah Wright was in the very first season of The Loop, 
and she was their roommate. Oh, son of a bitch. That's why she looks familiar. It's bugging the crap out That's of me. That's why she looks familiar. And then, for whatever reason, when they did season two, they got rid of both of the girls. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they, that's, yeah. that's why she looks familiar, and that's where they met. Uh, weird, huh? Um, so, anyway, what, what was my point? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Can we talk about the MVP was, of this that no one ever talks about? Well, I mean, nobody Colin really talks Hanks? about this. No, well, yes, but he's great. Uh, I fucking found Carrie May, the tall, like aggressive, goofy oh one, fucking hilarious. She's played by Dana Goodman, oh. who is an actress, but she also created a bunch of TV shows recently, and she oh, is I on another know. wavelength with everything she's doing. Well, you, you know when there, there's there's definitely scenes where there's like they're like they probably just said, oh, improv, what you're gonna say? There's a whole bunch of, a bunch of like chattering, you know, all the girls are saying stuff at the same time, uh-huh. and you're not necessarily supposed to hear everything that's said, but when you hear what she says, you're just like, oh my god, <laughs> like, like there's you know when like she goes on the first date with whatever his name is, Colin Hanks' character, and like. You know, it didn't go well because she's, you know, is a little vapid and she's, and he's a deep guy and whatever. So then they're like giving her advice on like how to do this over again. And she's just like, she's like, don't brush your teeth. <laughs> I love when she's at the like, bar hitting on the guys. And she's like, oh hey, I'm going to cut some limber <laughs> or lumber. Uh, Timber? Uh, and then she's like, Timber. I think she says, Timber, whatever. It's either Timber or never mind. I can't. I'm gonna start laughing if they just dissect the English language. Um. Anyway, but the, and then she like ha- does a hang dog walk back. She's what do I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. She is just like stunning. Absolutely, like just a vision to like oh. She she's marvelous, and I've never seen her other than this. I've never heard of her. There's not even a freaking picture of her on IMDb. That's like so annoying. <laughs> but she has like 23 credits. She's a lot of Sandler stuff if you look. But she's mostly a, a writer. Oh, okay. she, I guess she's an improv actress who became a writer. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to the, the point of the movie, I there's a, a when they start doing the whole glam up sequence yeah. i was kind of annoyed because i was like you don't need to do that in fact some of the girls looked worse that hairdo they gave the shorter girl looked ridiculous oh, it was awful whatever but and i was mad for a while because i couldn't remember how the structure of the movie went but then there's a, a part where it's like look there's a fine line between being yourself and, and becoming a character that you're not there you can write you know they can still look beautiful and clean themselves up a little bit but they still stick to who they are they don't look like so yeah. trashy but well, also, I mean, she I changes it, herself, too. She's dumbing it down on purpose with Colin Hanks. Right. And with every person she's ever met. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, she's not the... She's admittedly not the sharpest person on the planet, but she's also dumbing it down to make her more likable. I don't know what. Or easier to... More accessible. I mean, I think there's a lot of... I mean, you know, the formula and all the things that she tells these the girls to do to get attention from guys is I think really what a lot of women believe or actually do to, to find dudes. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what, what is normal because I don't want to be typical. I don't want to yeah. do the things. I, I fell down that but well. I, but it isn't, yeah. 
But isn't that the point of this movie? I mean, it it is a comedy, but and she is incredibly vapid, but I think that it's almost so far intentionally because I mean, it's it's everything that they it's it's against everything that they believe, and like the character, what uh, uh, Mona Cat Dennings character, you know, I mean, she belly aches and she moans and she keeps going on and on about how it's you know so against her feminist beliefs and all these things. Uh, so they fight it all for for a while, and then they get so wrapped up into the bullshit and the attention and all this stuff that they forget who they are um, individually and as a group and what they're supposed to be and that, you know, um, they got totally off track. Yeah. I mean, I've seen and... the idea done before, maybe once. Yeah. with um Oh, uh, Can't Buy Me Love has kind of a similar concept, but yeah. it, it, that's for a boy's perspective. This is from a girl's perspective, which I'm, I'm shocked it took so long, unless I've just never seen the movie where they change. Yeah. I mean, the, like, re, like the, the makeover scene and all that stuff is a very popular concept, but uh, I think that this took it to the extreme, Um for a reason, right? For, to really kind of, you know, put some light on ha- the extreme lengths that that females will go so that they don't need, have to be alone, right? And well, it's also it's the Cinderella rule: taking someone who's a little shabby yeah. and making them pretty, and everything's normal afterwards. Like, and she's all that. But yeah, this I mean, deals with the repercussions normal. of that. We've seen it. We've seen people in high school who were one way for a while, and then one summer it changes, and all of a sudden they become a different person. Oh, no! I mean, you see, it's it is very it is very real, uh, a very um, common thing uh, for for people to you know completely change who they are uh, or pretend to change who they are. To try to be more popular, to get girls, get guys, whatever. Uh, and um, not to say that, you know, a new haircut or, you know, learning some new things isn't a bad thing. But you, you, nobody should have to, like, I mean, unless you, like, never shower and have never read a book in your life i mean maybe you need a little work but otherwise well it's a lot of it's about changing for you not changing for other people and that's where it goes wrong is where people change to be accepted by others yes i mean ultimately you you have to do it for yourself for it to be um, you know, healthy and effective. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen that version too, where a person changes, um, and you know, and makes healthier choices. Uh, I mean, it's not, and, you know, even I guess if you want to say makeover, but uh, they do it for them, and that's when it really is the best way to have a makeover, and on, really the only way you should do it. Yeah, and I think I think addressing the fact that. Usually movies address, oh, uh, I don't know who I am. It's usually a high school, college thing. Yes, this is a college movie, but um, Anna Faris's character is 27, and she still doesn't know who she is, which is more common than people treat it. Yes, it is. You know, I think that it is a very common thing uh, to 
to to be in your 20s and still not have things figured out or in your 30s i'm just figuring it out now i just turned 44 and the whole last year has been a revelation for me so but like nobody can do that for you and there's no there's no formula there's no like one way to live life which is which is why certain things frustrate me like oh you graduate from high school you go to four year college you get engaged you get married you have kids like that is not the right mindset to, to instill in every human being because or every american or whatever because there's different paths for everyone there's a different you know there's different timing different life choices different right. and I, and nobody can fit in this little box um, well, you know, I mean, the, the formula you know, didn't work for me. When I graduated from college, I came home and I'm yeah. like, now what? I don't know what to do now. I'm lost. My friends right. are gone. But We're all split the, up. And I don't know yeah. what the fuck. I have no structure. That, But that's what I'm trying to say is that who does the formula work for even? Like maybe it works for some people. But we the idea that this is the norm and it, it, it needs to be dissolved. Yeah. Just find your happiness and, no matter how it's, you know, find yeah. your own formula. How do we always get so deep? Because that's we're why this is a good comedy? show. <laughs> okay, so let's move on from that and just say uh, Fred Wolf, director. Uh, I guess for some reason, even though he's actually directed a lot of movies, for some reason, did he used to, was he ever on like Saturday Night Live or something? Like, for some reason, I was like, oh, he's a comedian. Well, Wait, is he even a comedian? Uh, he started off as a stand-up comic, I believe, and he was doing jokes and bits on a, a, a late-night uh, show on Comedy Central in the early 90s called oh, Comics okay. Only with Paul Provenza. And he was always like the sidekick and just kind of sit off to the side and, you know, like the way Andy Richter does. And then... Um, yes. And then he got hired over SNL, and then he was writing a bunch, and then he started writing the movies, and that's how he became kind of famous. His first movie was Tommy Boy, uh, and then he did Black Sheep, and he, he was just really good friends with uh, David Spade and Chris Farley. I think he did Lost and Found, um, but he's just always been kind of bouncing around that group for years. Um, Monterey resident who uh, uh, used to get his car fixed oh, at a certain place. <laughs> I remember that he yeah. would get his car like worked on, and d- didn't like our dad meet him? Yeah, he was like my dad. Or, I totally our, forgot dad, about that. Our father was uh, his go-to guy for any work on his car. Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I forgot all about that uh, until you told me that. Oh, okay. No, the first um, thing he did was yeah. he was a writer on the Pat Sajak show. <laughs> Holy, you remember that holy shit? Holy wow. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing is, is I looked up like the writers of this movie, and the stuff that they have written kind of makes sense to me why I enjoy this so much. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, Ella Enchanted, She's the Man. Okay. Um, All good So, movies. like, some of them, aren't, some of the other ones they did not so good. Did, I, I mean, Legally Blonde's pretty good. And then, like, The Ugly Truth, not so good. But, like, for a while there, a good run of, like, funny stuff that I really enjoyed. So, I don't know. Um, n- knowing that, it was kind of enjoyable. Uh, where are we at? <laughs> That's where we are. I think, 
uh, I was just talking about the writers. I think that probably we could uh, wrap it up. So ultimately, is this a, a good movie? I think nah, it is. No, really. no, I do. But is it? But is it? Is it? But do I care? Nah, I don't. It's really fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't think the message is as strong as like our next film, Easy A, which is a way smarter movie and yes. so well done. I can't believe the cast on this and the people behind it. Uh, we just talked about Will Gluck's uh, previous film, uh, Fired Up, and I didn't know. I thought that maybe after Easy A, he just kind of faded away. No, he's still directing a lot of movies. Yeah. Oh, this is the first. Well. This is the first thing written by uh, uh, Bert. That's a weird name. Burt V. Royal. Sounds like a very old name. Sounds like a producer. Burt V. Royal Productions presents <laughs> the giant ants. It sounds like a it sounds like a made up name. Yeah. Which I'm kinda of surprised um, that and Will Glock must have done some rewrites on this because it has his humor. It's not as fast paced as fired up in the loop, but there's clearly some of his uh joke writing in this. There's a lot he has a lot of stuff in the works. My god. But so you, much stuff. You know that part where she's listening to the card playing that that song. Oh god! You know yes. that was his sense of humor because by just the way it's like, oh, I don't like the song at all. Then kind of humming it and then just dance that around. Take me away <laughs> until the battery dies. That's the best part. Is like she's so obsessed. It's like to and and really that's. I really connect with her in the way that, that that's how you have a wild weekend. <laughs> that's, my, that's my idea of wild. And, like, her parents think that she's so ridiculous. Like, why aren't you, like, getting in more trouble and do, doing wild things? And here she is rocking out to one song for an entire weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. How great are her parents? I love them. They're so much fun. I, I would say that they're one of the best couples parents in a movie because first of all like they're actually like invested in her life Uh uh-huh they're paying attention which never happens they actually that never happens in tv shows or movies either their parents are non-existent or they're smothers and there's really no in between um you know that this is like and i always think this is so unrealistic because their parents don't care, pay attention at all, but I know that there are totally like negligent parents out there. So, yeah. but I mean, I'm they sorry. love each yeah. other. I mean, I imagine those two in real life being a couple, even though they're not, because they, they work so well I off know. of each other. I and, know. They and really I've did. never seen yeah. Ted Stanley too. She's I'm a straight man, but he's fucking hot in this. He I was, was like, "Why, well, hello, like, Stanley Tucci." <laughs> Like, for some reason, he always kind of plays, like... I mean, I always enjoyed Stanley Tucci. He's great. But he's never quite played a character like this silly, funny... But not flamboyant. He he has a tendency to be cast right. as flamboyant. And uh, he just really under True. the radar. He's got a couple moments that's a little big. Like, when he goes, I know I'm not... I know I'm adopted. He's like, what? Who told you? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he's goofing with a, yeah. a kid under under ten years old. It makes sense. <laughs> um, but I do. I love Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci, and they. I think part of it is is they don't really. Not that off the top of my head, can I think of them doing like really comedy comedies? You know, I mean, they don't. They don't. Don't strike me necessarily as silly people. Um, uh, so I think that's what made it so fun and how much they like 
messed with her. Yeah. Uh, God, it was just like the jokes and all the stuff. Oh, and when when um, <clears throat> Dan Bird, we love Dan Bird, and you know we've talked about him a lot. Uh, when he comes over, kind of at the beginning of the movie, to they're starting to be friends or whatever, and her mom's just like, "There's a boy at the door," and then she's like, "Oh, mama, there's a boy," <laughs> and like just the whole. It just like it seems like this like. It felt like they had really good family chemistry. Right? And well, it's so rare to much. see a family that completely gets along in a movie. Because there always has to be some sort of and stupid tension. And each other. Yeah. yeah and, and the parents seem like they actually love each other. <laughs> yeah. So I think that is something that makes this movie definitely more unique uh, in the, you know, a lot of times the parents are just stupid or just like, so embarrassing or or negligent and that really sets this movie apart well everybody's kind of cast differently than what you expect because malcolm mcdowell is actually funny in this one i don't think i've ever seen him funny oh my god no so i did not remember that either um you know amanda Bynes is the bully and she has played characters like that but she's also played has she i've never seen her as a villain before has she done this before oh you know what i said that and i take it back because i was thinking hairspray but that wasn't her that was britney snow uh and she was her friend so no i don't think so i think this was definitely against character um pen bagley i have mixed feelings about him i like him this movie but yeah but he's a nothing you could throw him away that's the only weak part about this movie is that she's supposed to fall in love with this guy who has no dimensions at all I mean, his name is Woodchuck Todd. I mean, he calls <laughs> Woodchuck Todd the entire movie because he's the, like, mascot. So, I don't know. I like him. I like him in another one other movie he was in. I think, like, John Tucker Must Die, which I don't know if you've ever seen that I've or seen not. That. Yeah, I remember it, but... Is he one of but the Final Destination kids? I feel like he is. Mm, no? no, I don't believe so, but he got uh, a little known famous ish i don't know from he was kind of wasn't anybody until he was in gossip girl and i don't really most of those people most of those characters are hella unlikable so um yeah anyway um thomas hayden church is just like so adorable in this movie like he's such a good like male like role model and what a good friend and you know and Lisa nice. Kudrow did him dirty and she's hot in this she's oh. always play, she always plays kind of stupid she's kind of mean in this and... the whole thing was just so bizarre and how she handled her uh, a, a, a affair with a student who wasn't he also like 24 and still in high school right but he also plays against type like 2 because he's usually a villain well, he's also usually in, like, action movies, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's known for comedies. The only other movie I remember him in that was, like, not an action-y movie was, like, he was in Burlesque. I've never seen that one. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, it's the, the one with share, uh, like, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. But, yeah. But otherwise, I just think of him as sort of, like, a B-movie action-y guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for lack of better descriptors, oh, glory. And I also, um, I don't actually know how to say her last name, Ali Natalka. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I really love her. Um, 
I've loved her since she was like a kid and she was in Disney movies and she uh, had a music group with her sister Allie and AJ uh, and they had some really good songs. Which, which um, character was this? Because I don't know who, who you're talking about. She She's her best friend who gets mad at her because oh. she, she you know, uh, the one with the like really, that's the one part that really irritated me about it was her creepy like uh, nudist parents were really really awkward and uncomfortable and i didn't really get it but whatever um so i mean i don't know she usually plays like the friend kind of character and stuff um she was in her most notably in uh, all five seasons of i zombie and she was really good and her sister uh is is an actress too and her she was in like um the goldbergs and it's super weird because they're like you know just a couple years apart one of them's playing like the district attorney on i zombie and the other one is a high school student <laughs> in the goldbergs right. and i'm just like damn like that's impressive you can like maintain that that youthful glow uh anyway they're both great i love them um but she's a lot of fun and although she's part of the reason why all the I mean, yeah, she's good lord, that, that whole... rumor spread so fucking... It's supposed to be her best friend, and she goes around and tells everybody? That's a shitty friend. No, she did not. Oh, right, the bathroom. Well, no, someone overheard it in the it, bathroom. It was the uh, the the Amanda Bynes, Jesus-loving-slash-bully girl who spread it around, but her friend kind of turned on her, uh... I don't know, because she believed too many of the shitty things and uh, wasn't didn't have her back. And that was, she was a bad friend. Yeah. I so, mean, to be fair, it all started with a lie because she was bored with whatever she had done. And she decided just to make up. Oh, uh, I, mean, I don't. <sighs> she did not want to go camping with her best friend and her nudist parents. Yeah. Which I totally understand. I get that. Just say you don't want to go. It's, it's, is that, how is that even well, legal? If they're underage, how the fuck are you allowed to just have your ding dong hanging out? Well, guess what? It's a movie, and very there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of problems in movies when <laughs> you're just like that would not happen. It just wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just it's interesting how fast the rumor could spread, and it, this is why I posted that thing the other day is because what do, what do they give a fuck what she does with herself? I don't understand why people are so concerned with what other people do with their bodies. How the fuck does it? Um, concern them. I think it. I, my opinion is is that everything boils down to um, personal insecurities. Yeah, well, it's also control when, freak when it, behavior. When it's it, that's true, you know, it's it's about power, it's about control, and it's about insecurity. And when you see somebody else who seemingly uh is it is secure with themselves and confident then it's like for a lot of people it it's a, it feels threatening yeah it's, it's 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 fucked up but that's um with my years of and of self-reflection and my psychology degree that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> that it all boils down to insecurities and power <laughs> well that's the same thing with bullying and this is kind of bullying too is trying to force other people to either conform or you destroy them yeah yeah 
just yeah. it's terrible. And I just when we grew up in a very religious town, uh, and it was overwhelming with how much judgment there was. And the older I get, I just go, it's, it doesn't concern me. It does not affect me in any way, so I don't give a shit. It's not my yeah. business. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, but, but she's so the, the, the funny. Yeah, she's so hypocritical over there because she's not even taking care of the fact that she has a boyfriend that's dumb as shit. It's been in high school forever. At no point is that brought up as a problem. Well, that's a, that's the thing is like, I mean, how many of these the, of people in real life, I mean, are hypocritical because the, of the choices that they're making or, or, or what they're surrounding themselves with is as bad or worse yeah i mean not it's to just, get my soapbox but apparently the sanctity of life only matters while you're still in the womb yeah let's not yeah get into that if that's okay but it is a movie um, that deals with a lot of the, the that kind of hypocritical religious stuff and, and the funny thing is i love emma stone's character because she's constantly pivoting she she's trying to get through this crisis as best as possible she can go in one right. direction, she goes in the other direction, and sometimes she gets herself in deeper, but she helps people along the way, but some of those people fuck her over. It's a huge yeah. chess game. There's a lot going on in this movie besides just the main core of, oh, what's the plot? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, I think a lot, this, the movie in general is very unpredictable, uh, and it's very different. Uh, and, I mean, especially in its presentation its style um is is you know pretty unique uh at least maybe at the time um and i mean words hard it's okay i I say that a lot um i think i'm losing my momentum i just think (laughs) this really is this her first real starring role because i think this like just shows you like like what a talent she is. Right. She had come she, off of you know, Zombieland, I believe. And it's because of all those hits and then Easy A is how Sony went to her for Amazing Spider-Man. Mm, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if that 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 role did anything for her. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that it was... She wasn't bad in it, but I don't know. It was a nice Are paycheck, I'm sure. I mean, I personally, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of those Spider-Man movies. Was there one or two? There's two. Two, right? Yeah. I'm actually quite a fan of those, and I know that a lot of people just like want to forget they existed for some reason. But I personally think that that uh, Andrew Garfield was a really good Spider-Man. I thought he was too. I, the, the problem with all Spider-Man movies that go wrong is too many villains. Same thing with Batman. Too many villains. Always, go, yeah. always, always. They like they just overload your senses, and then the the plot just gets like right. If Electro is not a good Bob enough down. villain, then you don't go with Electro. I mean, if you have to put in right. Electro, then Green Goblin again, and Rhino, you fucked up somewhere. Yeah, it was. You're right. It was overkill. Um, and you're, and that's what um, I dislike about most movies, like. Iron Man 2. Yep. Ugh, just too much. Too much. Too much, too uh, much. Um, yeah, you know, I think this is a really good moment for her. You know, quickly followed, like, Crazy Stupid Love, which was great. The help, like, big things for her. Um, and she continues to do great things. 
but very she she in her career she pivots a lot too just like does all kinds of different things you know a period piece a, and then Birdman which is a little bit of a mystery to me still uh, <laughs> musical you uh, know La La Land yeah yeah, yeah. Gangster Squad was Battle the one that threw of the me Sexes. off yeah. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. That's a really great movie. It's really great. Her dynamic with, like, Steve Carell is fantastic. And just, like, and then The Favorite, which is a weird, like, you know, power dynamic pick, uh, uh, period piece. Anyway, I think she's made a lot of good choices in her career, and I think this one was really, you know, you're right, her kind of where she starts building the momentum. Right. Well, the thing that works best about this movie is something that's kind of non-obvious. Most social commentary high school movies are dark in their tone. You know, like Election and Heathers, Jawbreaker. Uh, But this one is, yes, it deals with some serious uh, uh, complex emotions and that there is some stuff that goes awry, but at no point does it go dark. It's not black comedy. It's, uh, it's, 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 It's mainstream, just it's really smart. Yes, agreed. Yeah, because even so, Mean Girls has it, some stuff in it that's like, oof. Yeah, it's it's a little rough. So, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, please crawl out under that rock and go find it right now. Because, I mean, there's a lot of gems, and we have talked a lot about a lot of good 80s and 90s and teen movies. I guess this is 2010. We're really stretching ourselves these days. Yeah. Um, well, Final Girls, I think. Is, Final Girls and Freaks of Nature were like the newest ones. Yeah, but it's just, it's so well written, and it's so well done, and uh, just so I, I think that it's still, it's 10 years old, but I think that it hasn't aged a bit, really. No, no, it's it's, it's really smart with its music choices and the costume design, because yeah. some movies look exactly like that period. Boom! And that's yep. it, and, and, and you're just stuck there. This one, I believe you're still going to be able to watch 20 years from now without cringing, going, oh, that kind of haircut? Yeah, so... Uh, go watch it because we like Emma Stone. Woo! <laughs> all right, everybody, check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. You'll find all our podcasts there. And Mindy, thank you for another good episode. We don't know what we have next because I haven't discussed it at all. <laughs> so we'll find out. We'll figure it out, and it'll be awesome. All right. Okay. Good night.